It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. One, two, three. Ron is now on ESPN Radio. Well, football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Get that Sportsbet Montana app in your life. Easiest way to in-game bet. Easiest way to track the odds. Easiest way to see how all the lines are moving. And uh, if you want to see where there's an actual Sportsbet Montana kiosk, go to the Sportsbet Montana website, click on locations, and it'll be all there for you. Brooks Nuanas joined me, Coulter Nuanas here, like we do each Thursday on Nuanas Now. A uh, couple things for you first, Brooks, before we get to some of the lines. First of all, um, as we record here on this Wednesday, Damian Lillard to Milwaukee. First of all, how much is, is your older boy going to freak out about this? This is like two of his all-time favorites, United, Damian Giannis. Here it goes. Jellyman's going to love this. Yeah, he will love it, um, as all NBA fans should. Uh, sad for Drew Holiday, who is a player I really like uh, throughout his entire NBA career. Uh, new start for DeAndre Ayton as, as he and, and Holiday go to Portland. But overall, happy for my family, happy in our house. Uh, Ellis doesn't quite understand that te- that you can trade te- or change teams and really uh, still keep your same career going. He really has a hard time understanding that part. But uh, overall, yeah, two of his favorites. I was going to ask you what he thought of all the player movement. So he has a hard time saying, okay, Dave was with the the uh, the Blazers, now he's with the Bucks. How does it go? He, he thinks that their career should just be over? He just doesn't really want it to happen. Like, he wants he wants Odell Beckham Jr. to be on the Rams so bad. Right. Like, it just, it's like his thing that he wants more than life because he likes the Rams because of Odell Beckham. Now he's like has to switch teams, so doesn't understand. Poor guy. It's hard. It's hard out here when you're seven. <laughs> The other thing I wanted to talk to you about is just the the NFL dynamic right now. Well, not right now, but for a little while now where you got, as we always say, in the NFL, there's really not that much difference between the winners and the losers, the good teams and the bad teams. There's usually only actually about two or three teams that are actually better across the board than most of the rest of the league. And there's actually only two or three teams that are actually worse than the teams across the board. And even with that, and a lot of times it comes down to your luck, your quarterback, your organizational stability that determines how you do that year. Even with all of that, sometimes, most times, when some of the best teams in the NFL lose games, it's not to the other best teams. It's to the bad teams. I, I'm thinking about the Cowboys-Cardinals last game last week, which is a game that you and I were on and we uh, we both bet and uh, we both lost a lot on. So I, I guess, is there a way to mitigate that from a, a betting perspective? Or I guess, what do you think of that dynamic? I think that you are on that trend more than I am, Colter, though. The trend is undeniable. I, I think that it's very, it, there's seasonality within the season. I think that I mentioned last week, weeks three and week four, even into week five, by week six, seven, for sure by week eight, throughout the rest of the season, it is more solidified. But week three, four, five, 
very challenging because these upstart teams or these teams that maybe don't have a, a super deep roster, a team that maybe isn't going to finish with a very strong record, they still have a little juice. The injury bug hasn't kicked in. The practices are still lively. There's still a reason to play. So that's what I'm concerned for the Cardinals to beat the Cowboys. Come week 11, those teams that have one or two wins are going to continue to get smashed. Sure, it might happen once every now and then, but it's more common early in the season. Uh, so that's why I have been very uh, vocal about saying be hesitant with some of these, uh, especially these large lines we'll see in, in these next couple weeks. Well, football, the time is by Sportsbet Montana. All right, let's do a little guess the lines. Uh, Brooks will tell me the game, and uh, I'll try to do my best to zero in on the odds. Well, Colter, I thought there was a pretty interesting uh, slate this week. I had texted you earlier when I was going through odds uh, yesterday, which, again, these change a little bit throughout the week, so take it with a grain of salt. But there was 10 games. I think it's now 11 games that are a field goal or less. So very competitive week as far as the matchups go. Of course, we have some divisional games. Um, let's start with the game of the week. I don't even think it's close. It might be the game of the year. It's the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. Wow. Okay, so first of all, i got to tell you that, and, and this is a complete and utter bias. This, this is because I played for the great and the late and great Gary Eckergan. This is because I've spent so much of my time, for better and worse, covering and watching Bobby Houck's football teams. And I know it's a complete and utter insane bias. I have a huge problem with completely buying into teams that are so unbelievably offensively oriented like the Dolphins. Now, that said, I understand the Dolphins can do it in a variety of ways. They're running the football, and that's part of it. They're also playing great defense. They actually have had a great defense ever since Brian Flores was there, and Mike McDaniels can carry that on, and now he's running this sweet offense. I'm just still not quite ready to buy the Dolphins. So talk me into the Dolphins first before I uh, give you a a pick on this line. Well, I think they have um, some of the most dynamic, uh, fastest players in the entire league. I mean, I think Raheem Mostert, and Tyreek Hill are two of the five fastest players in the league. Speed always wins. I don't think that there's ever a question about that. I think Jalen Waddle went healthy. He missed last week with a concussion. I think when healthy, he's borderline top 10 receiver. You have two top 10 receivers. You have the most tremendous, uh, unique motion that has ever been used in football. If we think that Kyle Shanahan has motion, you should take his disciple. And as we always know, a generation behind or a generation forward, we start to see things that get more complex. We take ideas and concepts like the West Coast and we turn it into what Sean McVay runs. Uh, we have ideas like the West Coast, we turn it, or the Mike Shanahan West Coast, we see what Kyle Shanahan does. Take that into the newest of generations. There is nothing like what the Dolphins have pre-snap on offense. And I think it's, it is the most unique offensive scheme that we have seen maybe ever. And I don't, I don't want to make sweeping statements because Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay in the last couple of years have been dialing up some really cool stuff. But overall... If you mix the talent, we saw, you know, Colter, who, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league uh, who went to the Super Bowl last year that isn't Patrick Mahomes? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was a phenomenal college quarterback and could not even muster to, the chance to stay on the field because of a guy named Tua Tongabayola. So let, let's talk about Tua being one of the five best quarterbacks in the league at this exact moment. If he's hot, I don't think that you can really touch what Tua's doing. You've got to remember that it's not like this is a surprise. This is where his prestige lands. This is where his talent lands. This is where he was projected as a high school player going into college, winning national championships, and getting drafted high in the NFL. So none of that is a surprise. The concussions aside, all of that stuff, um, you know, I, you can take it or leave it. We do not project injuries um, 
on this podcast or in this league. So they signed David Long, linebacker from the Titans, Bradley Chubb, great edge rusher for the Broncos, no matter what part of the career he is in. Javon Holland, underrated safety, a captain on the Broncos or on the uh, on the Dolphins. And then, of course, the last thing I have for you, Coulter, is the upstart Jalen Phillips, one of the most dynamic, tremendous young pass rushers in the league, a guy from Miami that went to UCLA, that went back and forth, played six years of college football, banged up knees. If you haven't watched Jalen Phillips, if you haven't seen his combine numbers, if you haven't watched him on, on film, unbelievable abilities and production at already a young age. So I think, I hope I sold you on them, but I think they're the real deal. Well, I've loved what they've done defensively uh, ever since Brian Forbes was the head coach, and I thought they were knocking on the door being really good when that whole debacle went down. I was also very skeptical of Mike McDaniel, but I think that that deserves to be in the rear view. I think that he has proven himself from a, a play calling standpoint, from a head coach leadership standpoint, and from you know just conquering some of the the personal demons that he had as well. And I think that plays an influence as well. And uh, I'll never forget what Trent Dilfer said about Tua Tagovailoa when he was coming out of Alabama. He said, "Hey, most NFL first round draft pick quarterbacks are sports cars, and the best of them are turbocharged." And Tua Tagovailoa is a turbocharged Maserati. He's got so much juice; it's it's pretty much he has like no real comparison. And uh, so I, I agree. I mean, this is what he was anointed and projected to be. So I'm right there with you. Okay. So then the last question is: uh, this this game's in Buffalo. Right, so do we know what the weather is going to be like? 75 and sunny. Oh, man. Okay, so that's the other thing that you and I really centered upon last year was when the games are in uh, cold weather or bad weather places, making sure you look at the the forecast. But here I am. I'm looking on weather.com in the Jack FM weather studio, and uh, 77 is the high. A slight breeze. No elements anywhere close coming off the lake there in Buffalo. So, okay. So all that said, I still have a hard time thinking, even though Miami put up 70 points last week, that they're going to be a favorite on the road. So I am going to say, I'm going to say the Bills are one and a half point favorites over the Dolphins, despite how great the Dolphins have been. Yeah, I think that you're right on, Colter. It's two and a half as it stands. So full field goal, uh, pretty standard home field advantage, though we've talked in the last couple of years about home field advantage being more of a one and a half point thing than a two and a half point thing. Um, Still, home field advantage, my notes say AFC championship question. Uh, might be a preview, the highest over-under of the week at 52.5. Uh, I think it's already up to 53.5 since I wrote this down. So high over-under, you'll expect some scoring. Buffalo's played great after uh, the slow start Monday night football against the Jets. Um, so let's go to another game, Coulter. This is an interesting one. Um, I, I don't know who the worst team in the NFL is, but we're about to find out. The Denver Broncos at the Chicago Bears. Oh, man. Okay, so first of all, uh, you don't have to answer this because I know we're in the same fantasy league, but am I stupid for starting Justin Fields over Lamar Jackson this week given the fact that Lamar Jackson's questionable? He's got multiple offensive weapons out. He's got two offensive linemen out. And I can't remember who Baltimore plays, but it's certainly somebody a heck of a lot better than the Denver Broncos. And uh, Fields has been, I mean, Fields has been non-functional this year. But you have to think he's going to have a game or two where he goes off. Maybe this is it. Am I stupid for starting Justin Fields over Lamar Jackson this week? Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens travel to division rival the Cleveland Browns. And it's the best defense in the NFL right now. Particularly close that they are the best defense in the NFL. I don't think that, that if they'd have to have an absolute disaster happen for that to change any time this season. If you haven't watched them, goodness gracious. 
I would not start Lamar Jackson. I'll leave you at that for you. Okay, thank you. Uh, thanks for the help. I know that uh, that's uh, you giving you giving me some advice in a league that we're competing in. So I appreciate your grace there. Um, okay, so back to this game with the uh, the Broncos at the Bears. Man, the Bears do have a good home field advantage. The Broncos are spiraling completely out of control. I mean, I can't believe what has happened to that franchise in uh, in the last five to ten years. And, uh, you know, Sean Payton, when you talk smack like that, you're going to get smacked around if you don't have the horses. And uh, so I think everybody's going to have a a fun time laying it on the Broncos. I just don't know if the Bears can lay it on anybody because they just have not had any flow offensively. And Fields just hasn't clicked for him yet. So, oh, man, I I think Soldier Field's probably worth a field goal. Uh, I'm going to say the Bears minus three and a half with the hook. The Broncos. Really? Or rather, minus three and a half. The Broncos road favorites, field goal and a hook. I thought it was shocking as well. Man, I didn't even know. I I don't don't know what to do with that. I'm going to say, first of all, I'm going to say stay away from that, Gabe. From a pure advice standpoint, I'm saying stay away, right? Yeah, but you can take the bit. You can tease the Bears all the way up to 10-11. I'm not doing this, Colter. I'm just saying that when I... I write down my guesses. Yeah, I guess that's right. I guess all the lines. Then I look through it. And when I guessed this line, when I popped up, I was like, I I just don't see how that's possible. The Bears are by far, in my opinion, the worst team in the NFL. But guess who I have second? The Broncos. Right. We will see. Again, I think it's a stay away, but I found the line interesting, especially for our local Broncos fans who are looking for something to maybe, you know, have one week where they get a little shine on this season. I guess I did. Brooks Nuanas joining us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. I guess I didn't think about that. If the Bears are three and a half point home dogs, you could tease it all the way up to nine and a half. And it's like, are the Bears really going to lose by double digits at home to the other worst team in the league? Man, I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting one. All right, let's do a couple more. Okay, I think that this is a very interesting one because I just really can't wait to see how they bounce back, or rather, if they can. And this is what we call Coulter the Ezekiel Elliott revenge game. The New England Patriots at the Dallas Cowboys. Well, at some point, you just got to convince yourself that the reality is the reality. I said this before the NFL season starts, before it started. I I said one thing that I've been stuck on is that the Patriots have just been bad the last couple years. And I keep telling myself, well, it's Bill Belichick. You know, they're not going to be bad forever. You know, they're going to figure it out. I don't know if they're going to figure it out. I think they're just not very good. I mean, they beat they beat the hapless Jets last week, but that's just going to happen in perpetuity this this year until the Jets figure out a different quarterback. I mean, if you're if you're signing Trevor Simeon off the street, I think that tells you the level of confidence you have in Zach Wilson, which is none. So uh, that's that's a tough one. But the, you know, even though the Patriots are coming off of a win, I just they just haven't done anything for me really when I've watched them. Um, and uh, you have to think that Dallas is just going to be chomping at the bit. Th- this game is in Dallas, is that right? In Dallas. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say the Cowboys are a touchdown favorite. I- I'm going to say minus six and a half for the Cowboys at home. Yep, correct. You nailed it. Minus six and a half. But Colpe, you said that you've been battling, trying to figure out what the Patriots are, and then you've come to this realization that the Patriots just aren't good. Have you done that with Dak Prescott yet? I mean, I'm the biggest Dak Prescott hater in the world. I, I have said that Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson are not good since the beginning of their careers. So, in that case, how does this continue to evolve for the Cowboys? Because, True. again, right now, the way that the Cowboys are being bet as America's team, 
uh, one of the best defensive performances the first two weeks of, of, of the season that we've seen in a long time. And all these all this star power, they're being bet with inflated numbers. So is that number too high? Should it be four and a half? Should it be more in that mega zone? Should it be a field goal? If this number gets up to eight and a half or something, you're thinking, oh, it's the hapless Patriots. We're still talking about what I consider not a very good offense. Even with all the weapons and all the stuff, I just don't think Dak's very good. So, again, keep in mind those inflated numbers, especially with teams that are popular. That's right. And then that's one thing to always remind people. It's all football all the time presented by Sportsbet Montana. When the house sets the line, they set the line based on analytics and numbers and all that, but they also set the line based on how are you going to get the betting public to go 50-50 on both sides. That's the advantage the house has because they're trying to make sure they get at least half the money one way or the other. If all the money goes on one side and the house wins, that's a big win for the house. But if all the money goes on one side and the public wins, that's a big loss for the house. So they're trying to make you lose money on both sides. And a lot of times that's why you're, what you're talking about, right, Brooks? The most popular teams, the lines are influenced. I mean, Dallas is still, quote-unquote, America's team, so you're going to get a lot of action on Cowboys games. So a lot of times the line is influenced by that. Absolutely. And I still think that the that the Cowboys, as a touchdown favorite at home after last week's debacle against the Arizona Cardinals, is a good bet. Take, take the Cowboys, a strong team against the Patriots. But I'm just telling you, be aware, be conscious of these things. All right, let's do one more, and then we'll get into some of our best bets for the weekend. All right, do you want... Do you want a, you want good teams, Colter? Do you want my tier one teams, or do you want uh, just a funny random, didn't know the line kind of guess? Uh, give me a, just a funny random one. Oh well, then I'll just sign you up for your favorite team in the whole darn world. Let's do the zero and three Minnesota Vikings against the traveling to the zero and three Carolina Panthers. I mean, just just put the poison in my pint glass, like what? What are we doing here? I can't believe that the Vikings are looking for their first win of the year against a team that is has the number one pick. I actually can't believe either of these teams are 0-3. I don't think either of them are very good, but I can't believe that they're both sitting in the basement. So that's where I'll start. So I guess first question before I give you the line, guess, is uh, is the Red Rocket, is Randy Dalton still the quarterback for the, the Panthers or is Bryce Young back? I, 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 think, I think we're going to assume it's going to be Andy Dalton for a couple more weeks here. Well... I was actually thinking about this the other day. For as much as for as much as uh, Andy Dalton has been scrutinized throughout his career and and been pinned as sort of like that that middle of the road guy that can't get you over the top, I still think prime Andy Dalton certainly, but even current Andy Dalton is better than a whole bunch of the other guys that are just stuck uh, in in neutral. I mean, I I'd, I'd take Andy Dalton over Kirk Cousins straight up. You want to know why? Because he costs less money and he's the exact same result. And <laughs> I just think there's a lot of guys that Andy Dalton's still better than. Man, and Justin Jefferson is probably questionable for this game, right? I think he went out last week. Yeah, it sounds like he didn't get uh, too hurt. as more of a scare. I think it was more of like a painful thing rather than like an actual injury. But to be of note, and also you got to make note, Colter, you got to love the Adam Thielen revenge game here. Man, I hate this, but the the Vikings are favored in this game, I'm sure. And uh, I'm going to say they're favored by... Because it's in Carolina, man, I'm going to say it's either minus two and a half for the Vikings or minus three and a half for the Vikings. Yeah, you nailed it. Vikings uh, minus three and a half on the road. Andy Dalton last week, Colt, I don't know if you got a chance to watch, but he dueled it out with the Seahawks. I he, he absolutely did. Really well. I mean, it's like you said, Andy Dalton's a good player. I mean, there's 
He's no, by no means a great player. Don't hear what I'm not saying here. I loved getting to throw Andy Dalton at you with the Kirk Cousins on the other side because I knew that I'd find a way for you to quickly say Andy Dalton's better than Kirk Cousins, which I'm not going to argue here. Don't don't get me wrong, but Andy Dalton uh, is a functional player. He can definitely get playmakers to football. Uh, but again, Carolina is really they're struggling, man. And I think a lot of it is just you know trying to find identity, and then when the quarterback goes out, and all those things are hard. Can Andy Dalton rally? If Andy Dalton starts for three weeks. I'm going to have a really hard time believing that he doesn't win one game. So which game is it? It could be against these Minnesota Vikings. We'll definitely see how that one plays out. Man, here's me dogging on all the quarterbacks in the league quickly. Andy Dalton's better than what the Falcons got at quarterback. Andy Dalton would be the best quarterback in the Broncos-Bears game, period. He's better than Russell Wilson. He's better than Justin Fields. I'd take Andy Dalton in Tennessee based on the production they're getting out of uh, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, on down the line, if Andy Dalton's health, if Andy Dalton's in Indianapolis right now with Anthony Richardson on the shelf, I'd take him. I, I might even take Andy Dalton over Sam Howell in Washington. I'd take him over Kirk Cousins. I would. I mean... It's it's crazy that Andy Dalton has been so. I, I take him over Mac Jones. <laughs> it's wild that there hasn't been that none of these guys can get to the point where they're better than Andy Dalton. It's it's uh, sort of a, a a story of quarterbacks in the NFL. If you don't have one of the top seven or eight, then all the rest of them are just kind of the same. And if you can get the guy that's cheaper, that's actually been in the playoffs most of the time in his career, I don't know. I'd probably take that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And he's starting to age a little bit, so I don't want to get he too is, far for away. sure. He's here. But, but but let me let me pile on since we're going to do it. I'd take him over Kenny Pickett. I'd take him over Jimmy Garoppolo. I'd take him over Mac Jones. I'd take him as – I mean, Geno Smith is going to start to be the guy that's going to edge him out, and we're still talking about bottom-dwelling quarterbacks who are somehow top ten. Here we are. NFL, baby. I'd probably say I'd take him over Dak, too, but he was already in the situation where he didn't beat out Dak, so – Maybe that's coaching, but I don't know. No one's beating out Dak. He's getting paid like $645 million for <laughs> five, six games. And because the Cowboys meddling owner somehow still, somehow, some way thinks he's good. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Brooks Nuanas joining us here on All Football All the Time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Okay, so a couple of things in terms of the, the games that maybe we want to look at or lean into First of all, what do you think of the Falcons-Jaguars game? Not from a line perspective. I got the lines in front of me now, and uh, the Jags three-point favorites over the Falcons. But this one is played in London. So is that a, a one you want to lean into because it's going to be unorthodox and maybe you can manipulate the number, or is that something you, you stay away from because it is you know, on the other side of the ocean? I, I kind of like to – I mean, I'm going to bet it, Colter, because I'm a full degenerate. But I, I, I do like uh, to stay away from those London games. They're just so – you have no bearing on what travel was like for anybody who got the cold, who got COVID, who got the flu, who's missing their kids. I mean, it's just so hard to judge what the experience is like. The, the most in, in, uh, important note of this London game is that the Jaguars, Coulter, play in London next week as well. They're staying there for two weeks. So maybe they'll be all settled in. You know, they're, they're renting apartments. They're having people cook for them. Maybe that looks a little different, but... <laughs> Overall, I'm still staying away. I, I can't believe it because I was a Jaguars kind of truther before the season. Not that I was all in, but I thought they should be the favorites in, that, in the AFC South kind of handedly. I thought Trevor Lawrence was going to take the next step. You get back Calvin Ridley, who I've always been a fan of at receiver. You add some pieces on defense. I just don't see how they're not playing well. And it's not that they're not playing well, Colton. They're, they're playing terrible, like awful. Um, Trevor Lawrence is single-handedly tanking my, my fantasy season in our main league. So – I'm kind of out on that game. 
I, I've always been a Falcons fan since the beginning of the season as well, as far as I like B. John Robinson. I like what they, some pieces they have there, but they're not playing great either. So a little bit of a stay away, a little bit stinky fish, but uh, you know, do what you please at 730 kickoff here in Montana. Okay, so then some of the other ones, I mean, the most outrageous line on the board is the 49ers being fully two-score favorites over the uh, Arizona Cardinals. What do you think? I mean, I might manipulate that one and, and throw Cardinals plus 19.5 in a couple parlays or something. Yeah, I mean, it's a high number, but again, these numbers for the, the favorited teams are going to be massive. So take it with a grain of salt. I mean, again, you could take the Cardinals at plus 20, but Niners are our team that can absolutely blow people out. So I'm still going to lean on the Niners there, especially in a divisional game. A little bit different when you're when you're playing a, a game that doesn't quite matter as much in a funny time slot, et cetera, et cetera. Who cares? Niners roll against the Cardinals in a divisional game. Uh, how about the uh, the primetime games? We got Thursday night football: Lions, Packers, Detroit, a one and a half point favorite on the road in Lambeau. Um, that's an interesting one. Lions have been good. Packers have been surprisingly good. So I don't know what to think of that game. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the, the the line there says uh, some interesting things because Thursday night football, if you have a home field advantage, which ah, maybe half the teams in the NFL do, especially the Packers, you definitely think that on Thursday that they're going to pull that together. you got to imagine Aaron Jones probably doesn't play again with a hamstring injury on another short week. Uh, but, again, the Packers pulled it out last week, and they, they've looked feisty. I mean, uh, you know, they got good coaching uh, kind of across the board, so that, that's an interesting piece. But Detroit, man – Another kind of stay-away game for me, especially in the divisional thing. You could tease this around a little bit if you wanted to, but for me, I'm not betting against uh, the Packers at Lambeau. Also, I'm really not trying to – I'm not that interested in betting against the Lions in a divisional game. So kind of a coin toss there. I don't think you're wrong for taking either side, especially if you feel confident. I don't feel quite as – uh, so here's my – my. Uh, I usually do three-part money line parlays, but I, I don't like – the money line of the San Francisco 49ers Cardinals game because it's minus 1100. So that doesn't really do anything for you to parlay it with anything else. It's just a no win situation. So here's my three leg parlay for everybody though. I got the Eagles money line at minus 435. The there uh, that's over the Commanders. Chiefs money line minus 500 uh, over the New York Jets, and then tease the Niners line all the way down to minus 6.5, and uh, you pair those three together and you get about even odds. So you, you get about two to one. You know, 100 to 100 to win. 200 basically. I guess officially it's 100 to win 193. Um, any, any other good parlays or any other best bets you got this weekend before we let you go? I definitely think that Philly's going to roll. Um, you know, Colter, if you're looking at some underdogs this week, I think that Houston played really well last week. They did not like the Jags didn't lose that game. The Houston Texans whooped them, they smacked them. Uh, they looked feisty. DJ Stroud has played really well. So if you're looking at some underdogs, I kind of like. The Texans at home, three-and-a-half-point dogs to the Steelers. The Steelers need it. The Steelers want it. The Steelers need to get rolling, especially if the Ravens have all this injury trouble um, and, the, and, and the Bengals have all this injury trouble. So you're kind of looking at the Steelers sitting in a driver's seat for a wild-card position, maybe even be able to win that division, which I picked the Browns and the Steelers to both be in a playoff, which was unpopular until you start seeing these teams the way that they kind of tread. Um so Steelers need it. Don't get me wrong there, but I do like you could maybe have some action tease that uh, that Texans line a little bit as well. I think, like I said, I think the Eagles will roll. I love the Chargers at home if there is no Jimmy Garoppolo for the Raiders, which I think that might be the case. Um, whoever they play, I still think that I would take the Chargers in that game. But if there's no Jimmy G, I love the Chargers there as well. 
you got to roll with Kansas City this week, Colter. Uh, I told you, week three, week four, week five. Last year, the most money I lost was in week three or four when Kansas City lost in Indianapolis to the Colts. That lost me about as much money as a, as a man can take. But here we are again, Chiefs on the road. But, man, the Jets are atrocious. I mean, they are bottom five, six, seven teams in the league, depending on what you think of the defense. But it doesn't matter who you stop. You can't score a point. Uh, Kansas City, high number at 9.5 on the road. I still think they roll. I'd take that number. I'd also tease it down and maybe pair it with the Eagles there, both of them for a touchdown touchdown win. All football all the time. Brooks Nuanas here on Nuanas Now. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. It's a really good one. Tease the uh, Chiefs, Jets to minus 6.5. Tease the uh, Niners game, tease that line down to minus six and a half and pair them together. See what you get. Appreciate Sports Bet Montana for all the continued support of all football all the time here on Nuanas Now. One of the other big time games in the Big Sky Conference, a rivalry renewed, Eastern Washington versus Idaho. Aaron Best, Eastern Washington head coach, joins us next. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do? We don't cut diamonds, <laughs> okay, yeah, but we can facilitate that. <laughs> right. It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve, as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. Oh! It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. The weekend was so big for a minute, actually for quite a while, and then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, and then nobody listens to anything but Taylor Swift now. I'm confused. No, I was down here Spin Radio. A whole lot of fun for a great cause next week. The Watson Children's Shelter uh, Tennis Tournament is back at the uh, Peak Health and Wellness. It's a pro-am. Thursday, October 5th at the Wilma, you're going to get a chance to bid on a variety of pro tennis players including former Olympians, Grand Slam winners, and U.S. Open champions. The event promises to be a smashing blend of world-class tennis action, camaraderie, and philanthropy. Additionally, for the enthusiastic young ones, there's the Junior Pro-Am on Friday morning. Tickets and details, WatsonChildrenShelter.org. ESPN Radio, proud to sponsor this for yet another year. Proceeds from the Pro-Am go towards supporting Watson Children's Shelter in their mission to provide safety, nurturing, and stability to children and families through quality service and trauma-informed care. Well, time now for our Big Sky Spotlight, where we highlight various great storylines from around the Big Sky Conference. And one team that's played really well as of late, a couple wins over ranked opponents, the Eastern Washington Eagles. Their head coach, Aaron Best, joins us here uh, on ESPN Radio, as well as Skyline Sports. Coach Best, thanks for taking a minute, man. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Well, first of all, just tell us about uh, your team the last couple weeks. I watched the game against Fresno State, came, comes all the way down the wire, and, and you guys end up losing in double OT. But then great response by the Eagles, bounce back two weeks in a row, get a win over a ranked uh, Southeastern Louisiana team that won a playoff game a year ago, and, and then uh, go on the road and win at UC Davis to open up conference play. So um, what have you thought of just the, the, the effort and also the sort of bounce-back ability of your kids? What's been going right the last couple weeks? Well, I mean, obviously the season's long for everybody. Um, everybody wants the season to be uh, put in a uh, 
capsule in week one. Uh, I thought we played really, really well in that first game. Uh, score didn't, didn't uh, provide uh, the outsiders that information, but we did some really good things uh, against a really tough opponent and then went on the road again to Fresno uh, and played again really, really well. Um, just played played the first half not as well as we would have liked, but kind of turned on the second half and um, put ourselves in a position to, to put that thing in overtime and got in double overtime and came up short. You know, it's, it's interesting you said the response from that game exactly what we talked about after that that game. I mean, you give everything on the road for the second week in a row and uh, fall three points short. Um, and then how were we going to be re- respond come back home against an FCS opponent trying to chase our first victory of the season? And I uh, thought we did did some really good things um, against that uh, tough CELA team. And we tried to take advantage of them being on the road for three straight weeks, um, CELA. And uh, came out on top, and then uh, and then is interesting enough. Try to respond from a win. We know how we responded from two losses. How we're going to respond from our first victory uh, of the season. Now going on the road, a Big Sky play uh, against uh, another tough opponent. That's what the Big Sky presents. So stacking in all conference up with a uh, tough conference schedule. Um, you know, if and when those teams from our conference get that 12th, and 13th, or 14th game, they've been battle tested throughout the course of the year, and we responded well. And Davis didn't go all our way. Not going to be perfect against really good teams, uh, but we came out on top. And uh, again, we were gassed after the game. Uh, came back uh, with a smaller face. It's always good to get the first one um, of the season in Big Sky play, especially when it's on the road. Well, it was a great atmosphere there, too. I mean, we watched the game. It was the last Big Sky game going, so we watched the whole second half and uh, uh, looked like a great crowd, and, and you guys seemed to respond all the way across the board. So what were the deciding factors? I mean, what were the things that helped you get over the top in that 27-24 win at Davis? Well, you know, I think I think holding the, the, the you know, to Davis to, to a three-and-out uh, or four-and-out to start the game, getting them to punt first series, um, obviously starting out on defense and then getting out to punt the ball, no points, uh, really kind of started things for us. Uh, we got up 17-3 um, due to, to some good play on defense. Obviously, Marlon Jones pick six early in that uh, in that first half. Um, but you knew they were going to battle back. Uh, it's a three-phase game every week. You know, it's an offense, defense, and special teams. Lane Larrison is, is one of the best players in this conference. He showed that against us. Uh, run for 200 plus yards and kind of can control that probably middle part of the game really by himself. Uh, we just couldn't find ways to get him down. Um, we, we, you know, put ourselves in a little bit of a, a bind, uh, a few times offensively, not getting, you know, seven points in the red zone, but th- these games are going to go back and forth when you're facing the, the, the quality teams you're facing in the, in the big sky, uh, on the road. But, uh, at the end, obviously, we blocked a field goal, uh, got a first down, knelt three times, and uh, and it was what it was. And so uh, there's a little room uh, for error when you're facing really good teams on the road. Um, again, we wasn't perfect by any stretch, but uh, we did what we needed to do uh, when the time presented in all three phases. So um, did some really good things, started off really good, which we hadn't done the first three weeks. Um, started fast on both sides of the ball. Um, but then all of a sudden we lulled in the middle of the game, which we've been really good, uh, and then we picked it up in the fourth quarter. So uh, <laughs> I guess good team. Uh, we 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 did what we needed to do, and uh, you know it's not always going to be a, a 45-40 game every week in the Big Sky. That that's the way it was about 15 years ago. Now it's you know in the 20s is going to get it done sometimes with with the amount of coaching, with the amount of players, uh, with the amount of scheme that's put in. So you're going to have to play defense, which uh, and run the ball, which we need to continue to do. Um, as we head into uh, the last seven games of this Big Sky slate. 
Well, it seems like you guys are playing good defense right now. So what sort of strides have you seen on that side of the ball? What do you like about the way you guys are playing on that side? Well, I think continuity, number one, comes to mind. Being in Coach Cuff's um, uh, verbiage, terminology, and system for two years now, uh, experience helps. Uh, some of those those transfers that we got in have really helped. So I think those three things have allowed us to play consistent defense uh, for a better part of four games. And so you're going to have lapses. Uh, but, uh, I mean, last year alone, I think it was five, six games uh, throughout the season within the first play or two of the game, we were down 7-0 uh, on defense. And so I, I think we built some confidence in the offseason. We understood uh, kind of what we lacked as a coaching staff. We put guys in places uh, to be more successful, and the guys have, have provided more preparation to uh, put themselves in successful uh, moments from the start of games. Um, you know, our, our run defense has been pretty good. Uh, the, the, the outliers, North Dakota State, who's going to, you know, be a run first outfit, uh, was good for the, for the next two games. And then we kind of fell off a little bit last week against uh, UC Davis, against good, good back and uh, good offensive line. Uh, but uh, I think our past defense has been, been steadily uh, consistent for four games. Uh, haven't given up big plays outside of last game, really. Uh, we've tackled better, and I think we've just kind of put it together and, and played enough guys. We're not playing 11 guys. There's 16, 18 guys playing on defense, so we're staying fresh, uh, getting off the field uh, more often and forcing more punts, which um, that hasn't changed since the start of football. That's what you got to do to give the, the offense a chance to score points. So um, I, I think all told, I think, I think we still got a lot of tests in front of us. Uh, it starts this week against Idaho because um, it's a week-by-week -week process and, uh, and there's not too many weaknesses this team has we're facing on Saturday. So um, we'll be put to the test again. Aaron Best joining us. It's our Big Sky Spotlight here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, or maybe you're listening on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast, SkylineSportsMT.com. Eastern Washington, back-to-back -back wins to get up into the top 20 of the FCS polls this week. And one of the games of the week coming up, uh, rivalry renewed, of course, between Eastern Washington and Idaho. Uh, Coach, one more question about uh, sort of just the, the basics of your team before we get into this matchup with the Vandals. I want to ask you about your quarterback. Uh, I know you liked him. I, I, yeah. I know you've talked about his potential, but now uh, Kakoa Visparas has the, the reins of the offense, and uh, he seems like a tough-minded guy, and it seems like he's got a lot of uh, a lot of great traits that you like in quarterbacks. So um, what have you thought of his progress, and, and what have you thought of his performance so far this year? Well, I tell you what, going back to last year, I, 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 wished, I wish I would have, um, you know, given him the ability to play a little bit more and more games. Uh, to get a little bit more experience, you know, so I, I wouldn't say we, we stunted uh, his growth going into this year, but we certainly could have allowed him to grow a little bit, a uh, little bit sooner. Um, uh, he played, you know, a handful of games, uh, but probably could have got a few more reps uh, to get him a little bit more ready. But uh, he's got the if factor and, and a lot of people say, well, what is it? And it's kind of indescribable at times. Uh, haven't been around a, a lot of good quarterbacks here uh, over, over the course of, you know, two and a half decades. Uh, as a player to coach, uh, you, you just recognize those things uh, not only from a physical standpoint, but maybe more importantly from a non-physical standpoint. Uh, just kind of the way he uh, prepares, uh, the way he um, gets along with his teammates, the conversations he has, you know, in between series. Um, he, he's he's been he, he's been studying from the time he got on campus to be the next guy, um, and he's shown that through four games ton of growth to go, uh, but he's grown immensely in four games. He's been in a lot of tough situations in four games. I mean, these these four games, there's been a lot of 
uh, you know, short yardage situations, red zone situations, coming from behind situations. Uh, not a ton of run game in the first half situation, so we've had to lean on him. Um, you know, and, and he's only been been starting for five games, one last year to end the season, or four this year. So um, he looks like a veteran. He's been playing like a veteran, uh, but he's got that it factor. He just he, he's unflappable. He, he nothing really nothing gets to him. Um, it, it is is probably the best way to put it. Um, he's he's a high level competitor. Uh, he doesn't like to let his teammates down. Uh, he wants to win, and he's willing to do what it takes to win. And so uh, those are all traits from a lot of the All-Americans here, a lot of the All-Big Sky, a lot of the Big Sky MVPs here, uh, and he's only a sophomore. So I know the expectation is high at that position. Um, insert a new quarterback and, and let him let him continue to grow. Uh, but uh, he, he's a coachable kid. Uh, he's a likable kid. He's a competitive kid. And it's fun to be around him, not just on the field, but throughout the process during the week. Uh, to get to know what he likes, doesn't like, what he's feeling, what he's thinking, um, because he's a hell of a hell of a player, but but he's a hell of a person. I mean, his teammates love him, and it's understandably known when you're around him why. You totally see that. You can t- see the way his teammates respond. Aaron Best, head coach of Eastern Washington, joining us joining us here uh, on ESPN Radio. Um, d- you mentioned the, the great, or I guess the the challenging schedule that you guys have played so far, and one of the most challenging. Uh, among Big Sky teams with North Dakota State and Southeastern Louisiana, a couple of great uh, FCS programs as well as Fresno State, and then you know a really good uh, UC Davis team too. So how much do you think that prepares you uh, for the rest of this Big Sky Conference season with uh, another tough opponent coming up on the schedule in Idaho? Well, I, I, I don't I, – I'm always, I'm always up for, for playing the best. And, and obviously you're, you're – you're, Base guy schedule is what it is. Uh, year in, year out, it's been better uh, since I became head coach in 2017. The conference has gotten better and better and better. We talked about it during the summer all the time where it seems like you're a broken record saying the conference is as good as it's ever been. Well, you felt like you said that the last year, too. It's only it's only getting better. Um, they're, they're every every week is is – a tough week and that wasn't the case 10 12 15 years ago what that wasn't the case you could say that but it wasn't it wasn't true uh the kids knew that i think when you play better competition i think there's a little bit more of a of a intentional focus by coaches and players alike going into the next game and so when you face a north dakota state when you face a fresno state when you face a ranked southeast eastern louisiana team when you face a a ranked UC Davis team, when you face an Idaho team, I mean, your first five opponents, I mean, there, there's not a ton of room for naps. I mean, it, it, it's got to be funneled focus. And uh, I, I think that 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 separates the, the contenders from the pretenders as far as guys on your team. Who really wants it? Uh, who's really going to study? Who's going to be really prepared? Because, like I said, it's, it's, uh, every play could be a factor or the factor in the game. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I think it, the guys that are the biggest competitors are going to rise to the level that needs to be, uh, to be done in those games. Um, especially when you're facing teams that are playoff teams or bowl teams or ranked teams, um, uh, they're, they're ranked or go to bowls or go to playoffs for a reason. Um, and again, that was last year, but a lot of these same teams are doing it again this year. We happen to be a, a team that wants to be part of that once again. And so you got to beat those teams, um, that, that, that have done that last year that are ranked, um, and especially take care of, take care of those, those games at home. And, uh, that's, that's really our only advantage this week going to Idaho is it's a home game. We're playing good ball, but they're playing good ball. 
Uh, they're playing on the road. So uh, we got to do what we can. We've got to be on the plus side of the turnover uh, margin, and, uh, and we, we've got to make plays when, when plays are necessary in those tough times and tough moments and tough situations. So uh, I think better competition brings out uh, the better competitors on each ball club, and we've had the ability to do that for five straight weeks now. It's been uh, cool to see Idaho back in the league just because of the renewals of a lot of the rivalries with you guys and Montana and Montana State and Idaho State. It seems like the Vandals are a natural rival for about half of the Big Sky. But I mean, this is there's been some crazy games between these two sides, Eastern Washington and Idaho, uh, the last uh, you know since Idaho's been back in the league the last handful of years. So, um, just your thoughts on this year's version of Idaho, and, and uh, like you said, I mean, your kids are doing a good job getting up uh, week after week for these big games and now you have another one yeah you know i and and i've said this numerous times before it's it's better when everybody's better uh for sure for them being reintroduced to the big sky uh for them getting to the level where they're at i mean they 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 got after us last year uh, and the Kimmy Dome coach X has done a great job. His staff and his players, and they got phenomenal players. I don't know that they have a weakness on their team, um, and that's not coach speak. Uh, and so they've done a good job not only with guys that maybe were there when they came in as a staff, but also guys they brought in uh, once the staff arrived. And so um, it, it's great when they're great. Uh, it's great for all. It makes it, uh, it it makes Saturdays that much more special. Uh, it makes rivalries that much more intense. It, it, it's when, when you have two good teams, no matter what sport it's in, it just makes kind of the lead up to, to, to the event better and more special. And then the event itself more special. And you find out kind of who you who you are when you face uh, tough opponents and, 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 and that's what we get week in and week out. So uh, they've earned everything they've earned. They got to the playoffs in coach X first year and, and lost a heartbreaker down in uh, uh, down in Hammond last year against Sela, and uh, could have gone either way. And and they've rode that momentum, beat an FBS team. We're up 17-0 in the second quarter against Cal. Um, so so they are for real. We understand that. Um, it's it, it's 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 a testament to their hard work and the playmakers they have, um, and the team that uh, they continue to. Uh, put out there each and every Saturday. So um, it, it's better for all of us. It, it's it's no fun to be not good. Um, so when you have two good teams, um, we're coming off a, a bad season and we put ourselves in position to make this Saturday uh, that much more important. So um, I, I appreciate those kids, our kids doing uh, what they can, or our coaches doing what they can to make this game a little bit more uh, important because uh, that's the way it should be. Aaron Best here on the Big Sky Spotlight, Eastern Washington and Idaho square off on Saturday. Coach, I love what you said right there. It is way more fun when everybody is better, and I'm glad that there's a lot of great teams right now uh, in the Big Sky Conference. So appreciate the time. Thanks so much, and best of luck this weekend. Thanks so much, Coulter. Appreciate it. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues 
in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Oh, I can't believe we got it all in, but we did. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, missing the show. You can find it on the podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Jam-packed tomorrow, Rajim Seabrook, Allison Lawrence, Dane Oliver, Matt Johnson, Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. We'll see you at 4 p.m. Happy Thursday, everybody. ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.